everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Jiggy John Show Lockdown Edition. And today my guest is a very, very, very special individual. Uh, a man they say or they called with a thousand voices or is it 10,000 voices? Dato <laughs> Leonard Tan. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, sir? Welcome to I'm the good. show. I'm good, John. I'm good, John. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for making time to speak to me, man. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Uh, I've basically been telling stories with my show and, you know, it's just t- getting getting around to people and, and uh, my list is just an extensive list and actually this MCO has worked in my favour because now I get to churn out more content, speak to more people and uh, this is the first Saturday in the longest time I'm sitting at home. Lah. I'm not sure about you. <laughs> yeah, the same. Yeah. I was actually looking forward to a ride in your car. <laughs> I know. We can always do that. Uh, we can do another version. And the next version, you can sing to your heart's content. Like, you know? Yeah, I will. We, I will yeah. we, we can pass by Gardenia. In fact, now Gardenia is, uh, is like loot. It's like, pir- you know, pir- it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah? I think they are minting it as well now. Minting, minting. Yeah. I mean, people are selling it and all that. Yeah. All right. So I, w- I want to just, you know, I mean, as much as I know you, I don't know you. So today we're going to get a chance to... Find out who's the who's the person behind the, the the personality, you know, like who's the man behind and and how it all began. So where did you where did you come from, huh, Leonard? Like, are uh, you a Penang boy? I'm a Penang boy. Yeah. I remember that now because we we remember some years back we did some shows. We did a show for this Penang uh, birthday boy. And that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. And that's where they they also remember. So you did you, a, a wonderful job. You turned the whole uh, the whole hall or ballroom rather into somewhat very much like the name. Yeah, you are fabulous, John. Yeah, you're Thank you, sir. Pretty. That's what, they, that's what they wanted. So, so you grew up on the island or mainland? On the island. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And 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 at which point did you realize that you were blessed with these talents or gifts? Was it even in school or was it after school? Well, uh, it was uh, it was due to the uh, downturn at that time. I came back from Canada. I couldn't uh, really get a proper job even after graduating, and I did what I did before uh, I went uh, to Canada. I started playing music again, and it got stuck on from then on. Oh wow! Where yeah, where in Canada? Yeah, I where would, in Canada? I was in you? Toronto. I was in Sault Ste. Marie. I was in uh, London, Ontario as well. Oh, wow. Wow. So interesting. Huh? I mean, uh, ironically, your career and my career took off the similar path. I couldn't get a job because of 9-11 in the States oh. That's 20, 20 years ago. So and then I came back and, and started Jiggy, right? So, uh, you know, I guess both of us, God had different plans for us, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So how long have you been uh, professionally in show business? I think uh, I, I never really counted. Yeah. So... Um, Probably since the uh, late eighties. So that's uh, yeah. at minimum minimum thirty years, lah. Minimum. Exactly. Yeah, it was a time when uh, it was just before I was uh, the uh, uh, I took part in the uh, Carlsberg Top of the Pups competition. Before that, I was uh, singing around in the clubs already. Yeah. Oh wow! And so I had you- a band. We were, I was with uh, Asia Beat. I was with uh, Vintage, which was uh, headed by Michael Grappan. I was also in, uh, ironically, I mean, coincidentally, the band I left in Penang was known as Body and Soul. And when I came to KL, the band I joined was also known as Body, Body and Soul. What a coincidence, yeah? Uh, we had a very wow. good lineup, yeah. Wow. So, 
Was that even apart, allowed? Apart what, what from they, my they... solo stints, apart from my solo stints, I was also frontlining in bands. Wow. So what did you actually study back in the day? Like, what did you do in Canada? Like, what did you study? I'm a trained hotelier. Trained oh, hotelier. wow. Uh, it, was, it was quite fascinating because I learned about uh, cooking, sanitation, and a whole load of courses involved in uh, being a trained hotelier. So it helped me a lot. And uh, I think the uh, most interesting part was uh, having gone through a good phase of uh, hospitality accounts. Uh, yep. being, being a good accounting has helped me a lot in my life. You know, you have always this check and balance in your head. You don't need to look at the black and white sometimes to make decisions, financial decisions. Yeah. Of course. So did you ever work in the hotel industry? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But not, not here in Malaysia? When I came back here, like I said uh, earlier, the uh, yeah. industry was in a slum. So I couldn't really get a job and I needed to pay bills. So I picked up my guitar and started singing again. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny that you say that, but you do realize right now the hotel industry is hit like it's never been hit before. Wow, it's crazy. I feel crazy, sorry yeah? for the owners. I feel sorry for business owners right now. You know? yeah. We are the ones in the gig industry. You know, we have gone through times where we have jobs, we don't have jobs. So we are kind of immune to it. But this one being prolonged will be something new for people like us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially people like you who've got so many staff to upkeep and uh, you know, an office and a company to maintain. You know, It's getting yeah. very serious here. Yeah. So that's uh, why so I appreciate uh, people like you who keep the entertainment industry going by doing things like that. You know, I've watched so many episodes of yours. I never really hear you say something funny or sing something funny to the audiences on YouTube. You should be doing that. <laughs> I know. But for now, this, this particular channel is more of me just uh, storytelling. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. You know, I feel that there's so many of amazing Malaysians or even people around the region who've got great stories. And I think every single one of you, your story will empower even if it's just one person out there, that's already a mission accomplished for me. Right. Uh, this platform for this show has turned out to be that. Uh, right. Of course, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I don't want to do what I normally do. I mean, I, if you ask me, I, obviously, I, the one thing I miss the most is just posting, right, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and making people happy, right? Yes. yes. We, were, we were together recently, right? And uh, you did a good job making people happy. People like you play a very important role for entertainers like this. You are what we term as the icebreaker. Yeah. yeah. If you have a really, 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 I'm not putting people down, a bad MC and all, and, you know, he's going to draw very negative uh, kind of... Uh, responses from your audiences so when we go on stage we are affected yeah right? yeah and, uh, so yeah. you are lively and good you make people crazy yeah you know so i think entertainers got to give uh, uh, credit to people who uh, do a good job introducing uh, entertainers when they come on stage yeah. i'll never forget uh, early gig back in the day when uh, it was uh, for daikin uh, oh. leggy tan leggy hired you oh yeah, uh, yeah supreme yeah. events and i remember after the show we were sitting down and talking and for some reason, we got around the talking and then you were like, hey, Jiggy, I think you're going to go very far in life. Like, I give you 5, 10, 15 years. I don't know why you said all that. You know? <laughs> I said and, seven, I remember. Uh, and so that, million and seven years. From <laughs> yes. And that was 2004, I think, or 2005, mm. you know, which is so ironic. And, and, you know, this year, technically, Jiggy turns 20, you know, uh, in May, when yeah, I first started out as a clown uh, 20 years ago. 
at, at least the company. It does, it does, it does. So, you know, you've been doing this. Uh, what has been, there's so many questions I can ask you, but I mean, it's like, it's a case of like, what has been just some of the greatest highlights that you, you have really enjoyed in this crazy career of yours, you know, I mean, in show business, that is. I mean, wow. you've, you've done so many things, but is there anything that just for you is like right up there, like, you know, it's a memory that will, will always be forever cherished as the, maybe the, the show of a lifetime for you? I, I, I think, uh, you know, there have been quite a, a number of highlights, you know, in, uh, in, in my showbiz career, but uh, I don't know whether you should consider this a highlight, but uh, I do a lot of uh, performances uh, for charity. And I took on to do uh, a performance for the handicap, yeah. And uh, I was amazed, you know. I, I mean, I, I do these things for free. I was amazed to see people coming in beds, in wheelchairs, and you know. And I was uh, doing a performance. I think I, I, I went hilarious. They went hilarious. I had to stop the show halfway because I saw a lady in the size of a basketball. It was like her head and her limbs were just like, you know. And now I recognized her from one of the visits that I made to her home. And I remember she liked Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I stopped the show and I went down there and I, I kind of like sang to her. And, you know, yeah. as she had tears in her eyes and I teased her about the Kentucky Fried Chicken. And she was so touched, you know, that uh, I remembered her. So I, I, I don't know. I consider things like that as highlights of, uh, of, of, of my life as an entertainer. You know, things yeah. that money cannot buy, you know, yeah. the experience of seeing people happy from the things that you do. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think that's, that's one of the greatest blessings that we have for those of us in show business is, yeah. um, you know, for that, for that one fleeting moment in, a, in an event like that, be yeah. it for you when you put on a 45 minute show or for us in the, in the cost of hosting for, you know, four to five hours is, is that just like you, you know, you, and I've, I've, seen people uh, reciprocate or, or, or just have a good time and even come up and stay after that. So I think yeah. for us, that's probably the greatest calling we have, which is actually event to event, show to show. Uh, being able to just put you know, a, a smile on people's face. Exactly. Just, you know, and I think that's probably no greater calling than that. La. That's the that, way I look at it. And that's the best reason for getting insomnia. Tossing and turning. <laughs> Tossing and turning, feeling happy about what you did, correct? And that, one, that one, more, one more was uh, one, one, uh, one more was when I, I, I approached a child and uh, she had to be fed through the chest from a tube. Yep. It was yep. a plastic-looking thingy, and yep. she just sounded very flammy. <laughs> and, all, and they told me she has never smiled before. Mm. And told the uh, the people that I'm going to make her smile. Mm. I sang, I did all my character voices, you know, all the character voices. I, I was actually the official uh, voice of uh, Looney Tunes yeah, when uh, Parkson Grand uh, was doing a lot of promos, yeah, when they had oh, wow. tunes, uh, uh, Looney Tunes characters and all. Uh, yeah. I, had to I had to get my voice approved from uh, Warner Brothers in Australia before I got that job. So I did everything from... <laughs> you know? yeah, what's up, Jack? And I did everything to that little girl and she started smiling and she started chuckling. Now, tell me how great that feeling was. And somebody told me that she has never smiled. You know? Yeah, so we always walk around telling ourselves that we are blessed. You know, we've got limbs, we've got everything. 
So yeah. especially the people who are facing a, ba uh, a bad time during this uh, lockdown, don't just yeah. thinking about losing money, losing money. You've got good health, you've got your life. Look forward to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a person like me who's been around to so many uh, homes, yeah, I feel for them. I feel for them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's uh, no, 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 no race preference or no religious preference. You know, I'll do for all religions and races. Uh, that's me. You know? And uh, uh, honestly speaking, I haven't. Uh, a lot of times, people see me on stage uh, at charity dues. They always think that I get paid, but honestly, I don't. You know, I'm mm. I'm just doing favors. You know, just like you and I, we have got costs. We've got the people running for us. You know, and and at the same time, we are also paying our people to. Uh, to, you know, uh, these are all our costs, but some yeah. people don't realize. Not that I want them to know that, you know, I did it. Yeah. But like I said, the experience of, you know, achieving what you set out to achieve before yeah. the show, the meetings and all, is such a wonderful feeling. Sometimes yeah. it goes into 700,000, 800,000, 2.1, 2.2 million, considering that you solely stood on stage to do that. You know, it sounds good. It really sounds good. It's not your money. It's yeah. the money you earn for the people. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely, even uh, in January, just before things uh, took a turn, I did a fundraiser for the Yayasan uh, UTP, which is uh, University of Technology Petronas. And, you know, it was the same thing. You know, it, we did crowdfunding, something a little different, mm. uh, where we uh, tried to invoke some new tech. But, you know, I get the feeling, you know, the money was uh, towards projects that were by the students, engineering students, towards helping the everything from the Orang Asli in where the university oh, was, yeah. up, up in, uh, I think they are near Taiping, something like that. Lah. So anyways, it was, just, it was just nice to, as you said, my job was to get people to open their pockets and, and just pledge more money, you know? Right. Yeah, right. And I was just, just keep pushing and I was looking at the boss man, this Tan Sri gentleman, and he was like, you know, his finger was like, so I'm like, okay, I pushed, you know, I was just going for the jugular, you know? but it was it was all good fun, you know, and it was like all, all these oil and gas people, and it was, it was yeah. So I, I I hear you when you say that, and and even when you said when you when you entertain, uh, even seeing that 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 lady that girl smile, it's like almost like you're the resident Patch Adams, you know, yeah, Remember Patch, yeah, you know, yeah. Patch Adams. But how did you even discover that you had, you know, for instance? these voices how, i mean how, was it by accident i mean i know you didn't do it immediately you were singing right what's the first foray you had into showbiz even in school was it singing singing uh, first yes we had uh, we had uh, our variety show evenings and all yeah and you know they had all these drama societies debating societies and all and uh, we had our own uh, talent evenings and all and okay. uh, I was always a school monitor, a school prefect, uh, or even a class monitor. But I used the uh, adverse way of uh, taming my classmates here yeah? by using humor. You know, I'll sing Hindi songs, I'll sing Tamil songs, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do silly things on stage. I mean, in class, not on stage. Right. I, I said, why not, you know, I sh why not bringing a sketch onto stage? And I think I became quite famous already from young, you know, in school. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I sketches and I'll do silly things and I put them into uh, my shows. Yeah, these days, stuff that I used to do. But no dirty words, no nothing, because you're not supposed to swear on stage, you know. So I've always been known as a clean uh, comedian, you know, know, only yeah. at my private shows. And but, I sell tickets to do my own shows. That's when I, you know, 
review kind of underwear I wear. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So sorry. Yeah. No, but was there anyone in the family that was gifted? Yeah, my, my eldest brother, he was with a group called Thunderbolts. They were the first band to record for EMI in Malaysia. Yeah, he's residing in Thailand right now. Yeah. So I, I don't know about the rest of the brothers. The rest of the brothers couldn't, I mean, don't really sing. I wouldn't like to say couldn't really sing. Uh, it seems that only two of us would be able to sing. Yeah. So... Um, but like your parents or your grandparents, was there any kind of show business in the family genes? Nope. Nope. Zero. Zero. Wow. Wow. My, father does, my late father used to do opera very well in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His own form of opera. <laughs> yeah. ah. A sense of humor came from him. Yeah. He was very... Right. He, yeah. He, so, he told me so many jokes, you know, that I use on stage. And uh, I'm quite... Uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm quite uh, surprised to see some jokes that have gone on the internet and, you know, from those days, yeah, and uh, stuff that I do, you know, those days I used to talk about Perodua, Koton, and also people yeah. use it, they throw it on the internet. I mean, you can't patent your jokes, yeah? yeah? Just like when you do a show, you write your stuff, when you commit, right, you write the stuff, and, uh, and when somebody else uses it, you feel, oh, bugger, singing my song, you know? Yeah, you know. Yourself a very nice feeling. You yeah. are one that you are one gentleman. Uh, there's just been a few things that you've said. I think there's three things that I remember so distinctly, and of which two I've probably happily ripped off many times on stage, lah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one was that gig that we did. Uh, I was the MC, and you. Uh, it was for Robert, by the way, Birdcom. It was for Ayamas, and yeah, and in oh, it was uh, fun. Yeah. In Port Dixon, so right? And I introduce you, I go off stage, I'm quietly just standing there and watching you. And then you start up like, yeah, Jiggy used to be a rapper. Like, huh? <laughs> used to be rapping gifts in Pakistan. <laughs> you know, you just, okay, I, I thought that was quite, because not many people interact with the host that just introduced them. Yeah. And, <laughs> and actually, that, that's very important because that kind of a showbiz commentary is actually very powerful. And when you yeah. did that, it it um it really it taught me as a then young and fledging MC that the importance of such uh, stage presence, you know, uh, that interactive element. It, it because people can appreciate when you appreciate them as well, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very important to uh, to be a team. Yeah. Even yeah. though we we are on a separate uh, aspect, but you know we should be a team together. Every one of us, once we are doing a show together. Yeah. Rec. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I found you a very, uh, very, very, how should I say, a very, very, not peculiar, but a, I, I don't know how to, what word to use to describe you, you know, because the moment I looked at you, I said, this man's going to make so much money. I, I hope he believes in what I say, you know, and I made you promise me something at that time. When you make money, help the poor, remember? I said, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. You've always, yeah, you've always been, I think that's, uh, I think I don't know of anyone else who's actually set me down like that ever. You know, at least not in, in um, for for someone I just met through the through the business, right? Like you know, I mean, we don't know each other from Adam before that. Uh, but for you to just tell me straight up, nobody's given me such advice. So I think that's very powerful. The I'm fact so, that when you, I'm so touched and honored you say these things. Yeah. No, because you know how many people will will remind you that hey, when you've made money, I don't forget the less fortunate. I mean, who who says that no, yeah, Nobody actually. True. Nobody passes out uh, such uh, yeah. uh, such uh, advice. So that, I mean, thank you for that because you know those were some of the 
cornerstones that that set me up for what I'm doing today, lah. You know, it's not over yet. But there's two more things, lah. Your Guinness, Unglu Kenalade, and my your brother's best friends. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Till today, you know, like I mean, there have been moments when it's the, the correct crowd. I I I use those lines, you know. It's just it's so good. <laughs> yeah, talk talk about that. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, Portraying myself on stage as a person who has done a number of jingles helped a lot, yeah. Because I've always, uh, I've always regarded myself as the famous unknown singer, or yeah. rather the unknown famous singer, yeah. Why? Because my voice, voice is always behind the scenes, yeah. And uh, I thank, I thank especially uh, Kenny Kay, yeah. He brought me in uh, to do the first jingle ever. It was for Salem High Country. I, I don't know whether you remember. But then, yeah, you were yeah you were very young then. It goes above all the rest. We're moving so free and high, freer than the clouds. We touch the sky. You know, I tell you, we are the ones who do all the hard work. We sing and sing and sing. Then you have people like uh, who Patrick Tio and all. They come in. They say Salem High Country. One line only. <laughs> you mean that was also Patrick? Huh? I know I I can't recall you know I'm citing uh, just the name as an example. Ah, Voice. I remember that line. I remember that line. Salem, high country. I remember yeah, that line, yeah, but yeah. I don't remember the song that you did. I I, I think I did it. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I I think I would have done it too. Yeah, I would have done it too. Salem, high country. Salem. The, the, I can't because I've done so many. Yeah. yeah. So many. The one that I remember just is Gardenia lah. I mean that one is like <laughs> you can't <laughs> escape. The, the Gardenia one was when was it in the nineties? I know, no, it was uh, <coughs> early. I think it was, uh, uh, yeah, maybe two o o nine, two o one o. If I'm not wrong, Gardenia. Yeah, so good uh, you can even eat it on its own, yeah. right? Yeah, I yeah I did an adaptation of uh, that tune, which was originally done by. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm not wrong. It could be uh, it could be an original by Simon Justin Leo, if I'm not wrong, or Freddie Fernandez. It came from his studio that time. So okay. along the way, adaptations of that uh, original tune came by, you know. So yeah. I came up with a series. I did the rap version. I did the uh, country and western version. You know, country and western. There, there are a few genres. I did the one with the hillbilly kind of a feel. You know. Yeah. Right. I like to be different. Yeah. You know. So all the tunes were played. You know. But I particularly like the one I did with uh, Damien from uh, VE, who I I yes. got to sing. Yeah, uh, it goes like uh, everybody loves it. You can taste how fresh it is. Uncle Slocum's recipe brings quality. I did, you know, I made them do all this. Wow! R&D. Wow! Yeah. Wow! And I got yeah. a, a a female singer. I took people who were not from the uh, jingle industry. I took people from. The club scene. Now I wanted to give people opportunities. Yeah. I always do that, and I mean, I think you all know. I met quite a few stars. Yeah, quite a few singers, quite a few MC. You know, bring their names up, and, and, and so, I enjoy you know, doing that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, everybody sees this. They know this about you. But behind the scenes, you know, what have you done to perfect your trade, uh, Leonard? Like, I mean. Especially in the early years, as you picked up something and then you improvised and you did. But what has been driving? What was your driving force from from day one? Yeah, I just keep telling myself, you've got to make people happy. 
you mm. got many people who don't like you likes you, you know. Yeah. So this is that little bit of pressure I put onto myself, you know, to work hard. And being the non-swearing, non-political type of uh, comedian, it makes it a little harder, you know, and talk about coffee. Yeah, yeah. 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 You yeah. know that because you have your clients telling you, hey, Jiggy, make sure you're learning, huh? Don't say bad words, huh? Don't talk politics, <laughs> yeah, you know? So mm. what I do is I study human behavior. Mm. It's very easy. I write down a list from A to Z, the names of your friends. People okay. You like people you don't like. What are yeah. the better habits of your friends, you know? Pick out the bad habits of your friends and then turn it into comedy. <laughs> yeah? The most popular genre is all about money. Right? Yeah. Around, yeah. Friends yeah. and money. So what I do is friends and money. So I write stories, you know, friends and money, friends and money. Yeah. You know, and uh, you've got naughty friends in school who always talk about women. Okay. You know, friends and naughty guys who like women. So, you know, right. how I do it. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, it depends on which uh, uh, corporate firm you are you're doing bits for. You know, sometimes yeah. if they are bankers, yeah, I'll start talking about, you know, doing jokes for bankers. But my favorite has, had always been for doctors. Ah. Yeah. Why? Because my father was a supplier of drugs those days to oh. doctors. So my father had so much to tell me about, you know. I see. The, the realities of being uh, a traveling, uh, you know, pharmaceutical uh, uh, drug supplier. He tells me so many things. One being uh, about uh, his most famous one would have been, you know, this girl called uh, Gina. I know she's, like, she's a Eurasian girl, yeah. Everybody who goes to this uh, clinic, they had s four or five doctors working there, you know. Everybody gave her a nickname, you know, tonsils. Yeah, I said, why you call it tonsils? I said, everybody liked her so much, they just felt like taking her out, no? You know, so this is very, very much a doctor humor kind of thing. Because those, those days, you have a sore throat, what they do is they take out your tonsils. <laughs> so her name was no longer Gina, it was tonsils. Yeah. Tonsils, right. I did right. a lot of shows for our uh, former PM, Dr. Mahadeo. I know he, he attended a lot of all these uh, doctor events and all. So I sat yeah. down and I wrote shows about uh, you know, doctors and all. You know, you know with the assistance of... Uh, what my father told me in the past. My father yeah. never wrote all these jokes for me, but I gathered what he told me and turned them into comedy. And I did a lot for pharmaceutical firms. Yeah, I don't know why, you know, pharmaceutical firms don't seem to be, uh, you know, uh, as uh, active in the, uh, you know, corporate scene. Uh, unlike those days, I, I guess maybe because of having merged. Yeah. yeah. You know? So every week, every month, I'll do one or two for doctors and pharmaceutical firms. But that doesn't seem... Hang on, yeah? Here goes. <laughs> I had that since I was uh, in standard one, I think. <laughs> Are you serious or what? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. How have you been able to keep a toy from I've got I've got a whole load of them downstairs. They're you worth a fortune. Of, yep, yep. Wow. Yep. It's a cool, it's called the banger. <laughs> it's a match. Okay. I wish I had something from my childhood still stashed, stashed somewhere, but I don't think I have anything at all. Yeah. So, that comes to my next question. Who's been some of your sources of inspiration? Like, who's inspired you? I, 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 I wanted to uh, share this uh, with you, actually. Uh, this guy called Rafiq Rashid. Not that he was a source of inspiration, but, he, but we used to inspire each other. Those days uh, when it came to... Uh, 
you know, doing satire and all on stage, you know, people like us would just hold a guitar, change the words of a song, right? Yeah, accordingly to what's going, uh, going, going on. And uh, we used to exchange jobs. Rafi, you know, I've got a gig next Saturday, you know, yeah. But I've got yeah. another booking. Can you do it for me? You know, mm. so we switch. We we always, you know, give give ourselves jobs, and he'll call me too. You know, you know, we don't call each other brother, bro. They say, hey, brother. Yeah, there was no short form for brother those days. Yeah, right, right, we'll right. Brother, yeah. So uh, his uh, way of uh, performance inspired me quite a lot. You know. And uh, I don't know whether I inspired him too, but you no. Know, so we have to look at uh, somebody who was who was good in what they do to inspire us. You know, apart from doing uh, the short one-liners, two-liners on stage, you know, I decided to also do stuff like that. You know, you turn songs like you know, uh, Diana, I'm so young and you're so old. This my darling, I don't care. You know, I'm talking about a story about me being a 28-year-old having fallen in love with the. An auntie who is 42 years old, I turned it into a humorous song. Uh, this was the blend of comedy we used to do. His famous one was Buto. Why does a lovely girl like you have such a stupid name? You know, I thought it was really excellent. Oh my god. That is how the cowards on TV pronounce your name, you know. So this this was a kind of humor. So we were inspired wow. by stuff like that, you know. Then I went on to, uh, yeah, you know, so I combined, you know, satire, then uh, I combined serious singing. And of course, of late, everybody knows that I've been doing a lot of impressions, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Why? Because uh, I don't think it's commonly done. As soon as somebody's going to do what I do, but it doesn't matter. It's nice to see a variety out there, you know? Mm. So, so uh, internationally, were there any um, anyone that, that you... I guess uh, gravitated towards and, and were inspired by like any personalities or characters or performers, at least growing up or leading into your career so far. I mean, was obviously, there any obviously people like Jerry Lewis, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I thought he was uh, he was really hilarious. And uh, facial expression wise and you know, people like him, people like Benny Hill, you know? Yes. And, uh, and and uh, we we had people like Lenny Henry. Do you know? Yeah, have you heard of him, right? Lenny Henry, these familiar. guys are from UK and all. Yeah, yeah. and uh, honestly, even our own comedians. Yeah, I remember watching and uh, people like Badol and all. No, in our Tom Pell, sorry, Badol's yeah. there. Yeah, our Tom Pell and. Uh, my biggest Malaysian inspiration is obviously uh, the late Tan Sri P. Ramli. Of course, of course, of course. He's such an excellent entertainer, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's why until today I still do my impression of him, yeah, you know? Uko tiga pagi sejam lagi jigi tido. You know, that's the part I think that people, especially for those who might not know you it's the young younger generation you come up you look like this bespoke dapper gentleman and then when you just whip this up they're like huh what just <laughs> happened you know because i know how you do that you turn left you're either p ramni and then you turn right you're saloma right am i correct you, you do that one of those that's one of your your impressions that you do yeah, yeah and i think those who have never seen it are like who is this guy like i mean you know is he for real or what yeah 
I don't know. I always, I sometimes it's not even in my script. And then I get like two, three people in the toilet. Hey, Datuk, do what that one, ah. Hey, brother, do what that one. I say which one. There you yo, pit up me lah, you know. So I say, yo, I did ready. You know, no, I brought my friends today. You know, they want to see. Please lah, please. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice when people say that right around. Yeah, they want to see, you know. They, you know, so I have to do it for them. It reminds me of the days when I was playing in the pubs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Friday nights we play four sets. Yeah. So these musicians these days, I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about the pub scene. You know, I started you know, those days. Four four sets we play in the night. Saturdays we play five sets. Sometimes I'm not kidding you. Yeah. And then uh, wow. first set, right? We get people coming in. Hey, uh, brother, can you play Sacrifice for me? You know, mm. a song by Elton John. But the people always get confused with the title of that song. Hey, bro. Uh, bro, no bro uh, that, that time. Hey, brother, can you play Cold Cold Heart? Uh? Mm. <laughs> they call it Cold Cold Heart. <laughs> then you'll be playing the other Cold Cold Heart. Then they're asking you where the song is. I played it. Oh, no, it's a human sign. Cold Cold Heart. That was an Elton John song. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first set, you know. Uh, second set, another, another customer comes in. He asks you to play. Third set, another. So four times you have to kena. And then, you know, I, I, I'll do it at max two, you know, yeah. I'll substitute another song for them, yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about the, the pub scenes, yeah, yeah. these days. What, what, what I did was, uh, um, those days we had to work six nights a week. Six okay. nights a week. And uh, you have customers telling you, hey, brother, boring. Every time, same song, same song. Mm. So I, and then, uh, at that time, we were hit by the uh, karaoke wave. You know, so people, the, the, the customers, I mean, the owners were also saying for a change, let's stop all this entertainment, put karaoke. So I right. went in and spoke. I, I was kind of like an ambassador because of that leverage I got from being a, uh, one of the Carlsberg top of the pubs uh, winners, right? Yeah. So I had speaking power then, you know, but uh, not for the benefit of myself. So I went to all the clubs, all the pubs, I said. You have karaoke now, my, my friends, my, my family out there got no jobs, yeah. Can you please allow them to play at least two sets, you know? Less pay, never mind. Less wages, never mind, I said. I said, how are they for karaoke? I said, boss, people are hearing uh, people singing karaoke the whole night, they will be kepala pusing, man. I said, makes sense, make sense huh? so I put in solo whist there, two piece there. To fit in, uh, you know, fit in the forty-five minute before the yes, next karaoke yes, session. Yes, yes, so yes. it worked. It worked. I even got myself jobs from there. And then, and then I told the uh, bosses, I said, and don't engage them six nights a week. I'm gonna put different singers. Mm. I wasn't an agent. I didn't make a single cent from any one of them. I was just helping out, you know. So what I did was, uh, uh, I put uh, some singers for Monday nights here, Wednesday night another singer. And it worked. That's how the trend has started until today. Mm. You know, that's why people playing six nights a week anymore. So mm. I, I think I would dare to say that I was the one who started this trend. And they come with perks too. You must give my musicians at least three beers and one meal. <laughs> there you have it. Musicians have got beers and one meal now. No? So yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think it's good that the younger musicians know, know about the history of yeah. how this once a week gig started you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah because i think it's it's still it's still happening in uh full force now not now during mco yeah. but before this and you know the whole new wave of current generation musicians and 
I think the the gigging uh, lifestyle has not stopped, is really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and you know some of the the bars. I mean, like even the the veterans, the greats. You know, for everybody from Albert to you know uh, Colin and and all these boys who do the scene, they're still doing it. You know, I yeah. mean, you know these guys. You know all these boys. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's yeah, it's interesting that I think not many people would know that you actually came from that background. You know. You oh, came really? from yeah, the, yeah. I mean, yeah. the the new the new blood. I mean, like some of the the new, uh, you know, event companies or new clients who who still hire you. The the young ones would never. They would just assume, eh, this Dato Leonard time. Oh, okay, Dato means big shot, lah. You know, but who knows that you've done your time, ma? That you started from the pub scene and you've come through the ranks. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's, that's I, I honestly, did. I honestly did. You know. Yeah. The uh, tour, um, the Carlsberg tour helped me a lot because we covered 72 outlets in that few months, you know, and we faced people of different races, uh, different uh, people who had different preferences in music and all. There was a time when, you know, you actually sat down, you learn a Hindi song, you learn a Tamil song, you learn a very nice Malay song people never would have heard of, but only the Kampong people. So that helped me a lot. And at the same time, they just don't want you to stand there and sing. You know, they want entertainment. All right, folks, we are back. Uh, you gotta love technology. Uh, uh, and oh, look at that! We're looking at his uh, little uh, collection, yeah. Hot Wheels, uh, Hot Wheels collection, is it? <laughs> so a power outage, and we were down and out for a good 10 minutes, but we're back. So siaran tergendala. Harap maaf, siaran tergendala sebentar. Maafkan kami, maafkan kami. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Where were we? So what were we, we discussing? We were talking about the pubs and all. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to take up too much of your time, Dato. But um, I mean, what is it that you want to put out there? Because I mean, you've had a colorful career. I mean, you have. I mean, where It else have you not performed? ended? Of course, of course. Where have you? I mean, have you performed uh, outside of Malaysia as well? Yeah, but just uh, in uh, Brunei and uh, in 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 the UK and all, because uh, and in Hong Kong, because most often when I get gigs to go abroad, they somehow or other would have uh, would kind of like clash with the uh, bookings I've already had here. So those were opportunities I I didn't get to you know, and yeah. and, and I'm very ethical you know because uh, if they offer me even double from what. You know, someone else here would have engaged me for. I don't go against. You know, I I don't t- turn my back on. You know, people who pay me less and all. You know, yeah. So I'm ethical in that sense. So sometimes they tell me, okay, I'll pay you a little bit more. I'll give you this. I'll give. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mary. But I don't know why sometimes people find that as being arrogant. But I don't think it's being arrogant. No, it's just that I was already committed to another party. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what has been some of the greatest learning curves that, that you have have you know picked up over the course of these years? Um, I I I don't I I think that they I don't I don't know how to describe it, but uh, I think that the audiences these days are getting tougher and tougher. The expectations mm. of entertainers are very very high, you know. And for people like me in uh, in 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 this age group. The younger set may not be able to uh, recall who Leonard Tan is, mm. who who and so is, and all. So you use that to your advantage. Go on stage, go on stage. You know, 
and not to prove anything to the audiences, but only to yourself, you know, that yep. you could handle audiences like these, you know, right. 24, 25. Think of what someone in that age would laugh about. Right. I'm saying so. I've been doing that, and I'm not deliberately learning new songs. You know, I sing new songs all the time because basically I'm a singer. Yeah. I don't sing old songs, and I do a lot of uh, new hip hop stuff, and you know, I sing anything that's uh, anything I like, uh, which would be in the charts now. So my advantage, I guess, is probably because I commit, I sing, I do impressions, I you know, I can go crazy, and also I use all these to my advantage. So whatever that I learned is basically just a reciprocal, uh, is something reciprocative from the audience, you know? If they look at me like this, I'm going to go back home and ask myself what went wrong, you know? Mm. The next time when I face the same audience, I'm prepared, yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's the reason why I regard myself as an entertainer, not so much mm. a singer because Singers somehow or other have this uh, trend number of decades, you know. So yep. if you, as long as I label myself as an entertainer, my role on stage is to entertain, make people happy. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So I mean, from what you tell me now, I think uh, what I what my take away is that you're you're saying that it's important to stay relevant. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. and it's important to not just shock Sindiri lah. Exactly, need, exactly. You, You're right. You need to read the crowd. You need right. to ob observe what's what's happening. Yeah, uh, like I sing a lot of R and B. Yeah. I do a lot of uh, Motown. I do a lot of uh, you know black music and all. I can't bring them on stage. I'll only yeah. do that in my own uh, you know yeah. club stints and all. So you just got to say what you like to do. You know. Uh, for the uh, proper avenues, so you got to think about the, the audiences. You know, if they want perfect, <laughs> you got to sing perfect for them. You know, if they want, uh, you know, uh, songs that you personally don't like, but you know how to do, do it for them. You know, yeah, yeah. some Justin Bieber, perhaps. You can't, yeah. <laughs> but I must admit, I I listened to his recent ones. I think they are quite good. And, like him, for example, I want to find out why people make fun of, uh, you know, you know, and yeah. uh, I started listening to his old stuff. Oh, I understood why, you know, mm. and because people had this egoistic thing in there. Uh, he's got this childish kind of uh, character behavior, and his songs are a bit childish. But I started listening to his new stuff now. Oh, really cool. You know, I must give him credit for that. Like, he's, he's come of age. He's come of yeah, age. He's come exactly. of age. Yeah, exactly. And you ask yourself why. He's so famous, but yet he's he gets put down all the time. Yeah. Right. So we, we so it's part part and uh, these are part answers to your question to me too. You know, I take roles. You know, uh, the role uh, other roles. You know, to learn. You know, to improve yeah. myself. Yeah. I'm never giving up. You know, it gets tougher, <laughs> but I'm giving up. Mm. So I mean, I mean, I think you've said some very poignant uh, points there. Um, what else would you actually put out just to you know fellow entertainers, the the the, the new blood of, of of young men, young women, uh, who are entertainers in their own own rights today, uh, different mm. styles, different genres, uh, using different talents that they have. Uh, with mm. someone like you, I mean, like you said, you're far from done, but you've also had a very colorful run for thirty years now. Not you... not satisfied yet. So, yeah. <laughs> but what would I you? Still... What would you? Yeah, what would you what would you put out there? Like, what's what's super important? Uh, what are some important uh, factors that need to be considered by everyone 
in mm. showbiz. My very strong two words always would be passion and discipline, right? Added with the fact that you actually uh, live to play music mm. and not play music to live. I mm. always tell the musicians this. You know why? Because I've experienced where sometimes when I'm doing a show, if, if it's slotted at uh, 9.45, you yep. have agents coming to tell me that I've got to come on about 9.20 or 9.15, no, get ready now. I asked what happened. Oh, no, because the musicians they engaged were engaged for only one set and they didn't want to extend. So I think that's a bit, uh, you know, if I were the band leader amongst the three of my musicians, hey, rather play like, a little bit more for them than 15 minutes. And so I, I've noticed this trend now. When mm. they do uh, one set, it means one set. After that, they chow. So where's the passion, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. GD, you engaged me for half an hour. There was so many times I asked you, and I said 20 to 30 minutes, and uh, you know, I asked you, can I go on? <laughs> yeah. Right around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can go on for another 10 minutes. See? Now yeah. that's passionate about what you do. Not like look at the watch and oh, we did half an hour already. Okay, bye. Yeah. 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 So I, I just want to advise all entertainers and musicians not to be like that. You know, mm. you're supposed to end in 45 minutes and you're enjoying it. Your clients, your friends are enjoying it and you are allowed to do another 15 minutes to half an hour. Go ahead. Yeah. You know? This is enjoyment. This is happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Outside know if you agree here. Yeah. Outside of show business, uh, yeah. how else do you keep yourself busy or what has been some of your passions? Because uh, I think, uh, yeah, that'll be good to know, you know? I mean, like, what else? Uh... No, I'm only, pas I, I'm only passionate about the badminton games I play. That's all, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy. <laughs> because, simply, simply because I'm, I'm not good at it. And I like challenges. I like to play people who are good and find a way to overcome that inability to play as well as them by using thoughts, you know, yeah. by using calculations, you know, you know, yeah. and uh, so, so that, that is uh, one of the reasons why, you know, I enjoy playing that game. And uh, apart from that, uh, I'm, I, 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 I teach now. Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of students and uh, one of the, the people I taught managed to go on stage to sing with David Foster. So it's quite an achievement, yeah. And uh, from young to old, you know, all along, I've always enjoyed sharing my knowledge, you know, yeah. teaching. So, so talking about that, I miss all my students. I haven't seen them in weeks, you know. I look forward, you know, there's not much money involved actually as a teacher, you know, but the yeah. fact that you are sharing something to a student and then he or she learns from you, she carries it out, she stands on stage and performs and wins a competition, that is sheer joy, you know, for a teacher. Yeah. So this is the one that has been keeping me busy, you know, my studio, doing my jingles and uh, I'm, still, I'm still writing jingles. I think the, the latest, uh, this one didn't have, have a tune to it. The latest one I did was for ADT Alarms, yeah. I played yeah. the role of the gangster. I like acting, yeah. Yeah. Using the voice to act, yeah. That's what yeah, doing. yeah. I've I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I write signature tunes, yeah. I've written signature tunes for quite a lot of products. Uh, uh if you listen to the York air conditioner ads, York cool in Malaysia. I wrote that, that signature tune for them. So these are the things that keep me uh, busy. 
and yeah. uh, it's good that uh, you know I have still so many things going on for me. You know, it's not uh, being a jack of all trades. It's, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. It's a master I, I, of some bits here. I have one final set of uh, a, a double question here. What yeah. other goals and aspirations do you still have? I mean, because obviously you've done so much, you're still doing so much. But what other goals and aspirations do you still personally have? Get rid of that stigma that I'm a famous unknown singer or an unknown famous singer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I have uh, my, my goals are basically very much charity related. I want to be able to uh, keep uh, making money not for myself and my family alone. I want to do last bits for people who are going to say goodbye to the world. You know, I want to throw huge. Uh, you know, I talk to my wife about it all this all the time. Throw huge uh, events. You know, one thousand, two thousand packs. Invite all these people and give them the best entertainment ever. You know, this could be their last hurrah. You know, mm. bring them from the old folks' homes and you know, and uh, bring the handicap. Bring those people out from homes they have been sitting in for decades. You know, you know. Mm. Talk about lockdown. Yeah. People like them. That is a perfect example of a real lockdown. You know, even yeah. their homes. So I want to do that. I don't know. You ask me questions like that. These are all these strange you know, things that I always look forward to in life. I wouldn't say that I've achieved everything. You know, I still, I still feel. Uh, I want to be heard more by the mm. public. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of what I do. You know, mm. yeah. I don't. Uh, people like. Uh, Nudge each other. Hey, that one, that one, Leonard, Leonard, remember? It's him, man. It's him, man. Yeah, I hear his voice only. Yeah, never seen before. <laughs> you right, know? right. Now, I ask for this because it gives me leverage to continue uh, doing what I do for my charity purposes. You see, it's Understand. quite. If you want to sell tickets, yeah, and you put there Leonard Tan performing tonight. You know, sell uh, tickets uh, for charity mm. too. Then, and who is he? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get rid of that little stigma of being the famous unknown singer. I want to be there, known uh, for what I do, and then manage to sell all the tickets and then raise the funds for all these people. You know? That's not a bad idea, though. I think it's a great, it's very noble, actually. I mean, the fact that you, you know, the whole last hurrah for uh, an event like that, where the, the, the demographics of the audience are people who you don't normally see, right? I yeah. think that's very powerful. That's very powerful. I, I, that's not that's not a bad idea. I think you should really look into making that come to fruition. I will, I will, I will, I will. Yeah, it's been on my mind. Yeah. You could do a yearly, like a yearly thing and it becomes your signature. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it becomes yeah. a signature concert that you produce or, or or show that you run and yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I bring in and I give this opportunity to the old timers who haven't been performing in ages too, you know. There are a lot of aunties and uncles out there who enjoy singing so much but just don't have a platform. You know? yeah. They were known in those days in, in the club scenes and all. You know? yeah. They would be yeah. so happy. You know? Of course, we'll yeah. train the young as well. You know? Yeah, you can, you can mix it up. You can mix it up. It's a know? variety show. Yeah. yeah. It could be, a, it could be a, a, a music showcase and you can call it the Thanksgiving tour. You know? That's a good name to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so guess he's no. going to be appointed producer now. <laughs> you know me, lah. You know, showbiz is in my blood now. You know, I can't escape it. You know, always yeah, thinking of I, things. I always can see the hype in you when you're on stage. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's good. Well, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners or viewers with, Alanis? Because I mean, you know, there's I love I love stories. I love people who yeah. are doing so yeah. much. Yeah, our thought is not me. It's not is not me. Just about forty five minutes. Yeah, understanding that. Yeah? So I think uh, maybe my uh, my message to the uh, listening audiences out there would be you know make the best of the lockdown. I know to do things that you have never done before, like this, for example, I've never polished this toy before in decades. Yeah, and at the same time, while I'm polishing this, I'm thinking of more, more my new jokes. You know, yeah, right, right. thinking it. Hey, could I use this Doraemon joke? <laughs> right, <laughs> no? right. Yeah, could I use this joke that certain people have you know made fools of themselves of you know you know right right <laughs> you know so yeah when you do something when you do something think of some other things you know yeah right. things like that lah you know what i mean yeah yeah cleaning yeah. you know yeah so i'll be doing this afterwards i'll be continuing on this and i'll be thinking of what i'm going to introduce uh, jiggy john as in our next show when we are together <laughs> <laughs> but you know i don't really throw people off the boat with surprises you know i true yeah true well thank you i mean i appreciate your time you know it's nice to just you know get a, a deeper understanding of of the man behind the voices as you put it you know yeah Thank yeah. you for the uh, you know invitation to be on your program. Oh yeah, and uh, I think uh, I think maybe this would help. You know that uh, I I I should mention that you know I revolutionized the music scene by having uh, uh, having been involved in a third party recording label called Positive Tone. Yeah, we won so many awards and we brought the underground music scene up to you know. Uh, Getting it surfaced, you know. We have yep. Malays, Malay singing in English, Chinese singing in Malay. So that part of it in the early nineties, you know, I played a very important role in revolutionizing the uh, music uh, industry. Uh, it was no longer the A minor masuk D minor, D masuk masuk G, lepas G kor masuk E tujuh, kembali balik ke A minor. <laughs> yeah. He kind of like rocked the whole of Malaysia with people like I uh, remember OAG and all, yeah, yeah. Poetic ammo, poetic ammunition. Yes, I brought that stuff to the UK. Yeah, I went to West Malaysia with their albums. I gave it to DJs all to play their music. So, well, not for my benefit, but for the like I said, I've always been the team player. They were stable mates with me, you know. Right. Was nearly only the founding artist, yeah. So that's where my Malay album came about, yeah. Mm. Understand. So awesome, lah. Great stories. Great stories. Thank you. Uh, thank you to you too. Yeah. So uh, I'll uh, I like to wish well, you the best during this lockdown. Thank you, sir. And we'll try and make. We'll try. We'll sorry. We'll try to make time to do the car tour when all this is done. We'll do a episode two. Wow. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, you could just actually park your car here, right? And I then, am uh, sure. I'll, I'll get I'll get Grab for you. To, uh, grab to send you home after that. <laughs> okay. Nice try, Leonard. Nice try. So, folks, this is Dato Leonard Tan, uh, your friendly entertainer, the man with a thousand voices, uh, the unknown artist, uh, as he, or the unknown singer, as he calls himself. Uh, the famous unknown singer. The famous unknown singer, right? So, unknown famous singer. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thank you. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Okay. God bless always. You too. Take care, Helena. Bye bye.